This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Swing and a drive. Right field and deep. Back goes Aquino. It's got a chance. Gone. Get out the tape measure. Long gone. Fly the W. Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley Jean. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is season two, episode 18. Crawley with the Cubs in Mesa. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on the socials. Fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram, and fly the W on Facebook or email us. Fly the W670 at gmail.com. Well, first of all, Crawley, you are recording this episode live from the airport. Uh, before we get into the games a little bit, give us a little uh, give us a little scene setter. What uh, how was it? How was the weather? How were the fans? How were the well, players? Let me ask you, let me let me tell you, Dustin. Right, right now it is 75 degrees here in Mesa. How's it look in Chicago when I land? A uh, little, uh, little wet, little, uh, little moisture, about thirty degrees. Woke up to snow on the ground this morning. Most of it is melted, but uh, yeah, a little. It's going to be a little wet when you get here. You know, the scene in Mesa is just absolutely just. It was so much fun. I, I can't even describe it. I mean, let me just tell you, the first time there, I get there Tuesday night, crash. I wake up first thing in the morning. Who's walking around sitting in a in one of those foldout chairs next to me? But I'm talking to Fergie Jenkins for about thirty five minutes. And that's just the start of my vacation. And I guess, you know, you know, team U.S. or Cubs were playing Team Canada when I first got there. He's sitting there. We're with Fergie Jenkins. We're having some friends here. And, uh, you know, we just sat there talking. It was it was the Cubs versus Team Canada, and it was a lot of fun. So, you know, that, that just opens up how it goes for me. So if you've been to Sloan, you know that there's the ballpark, the main ballpark, and then all the major leaguers, the guys on the 40-man roster are on what's called fields one and two. And then if you walk a, a couple blocks around, you get to where the backfields are. And so it's just fun watching the players do drills. It's it's like Mardi Gras out there, man. You got tents, 
people are cooking all sorts of amazing food. Everyone's smiling. Everybody's in a good mood. It's just a giant party. So I guess prior to when I got out there, the weather was absolutely awful. And then I show up and I bring in the sunshine. I don't know what to say. <laughs> yep, you are Mr. Sunshine, Crowley Sunshine. Let's let's take take a step back, Crowley. Um, I want to ask you about a topic that we had a little bit of fun with on the Mully and Haw show. Did you consider the win against Team Canada part of the winning streak, or is that not part of it because it wasn't a Cactus League game? I, I mean, obviously, it's not going to count on the record, but I counted it as part of the streak. Absolutely. Okay. All right. I did not. I said it wasn't part of it. It wasn't. Uh, they acted like they didn't even play. They, now they put a lot of the good players out there for that game. I was surprised by that. Other teams have not been doing that. They've kind of really been going to their bench. But uh, listen, it's always good when the Cubs get the opportunity to fly the W. And they did that a bunch while you were out there, Crowley. But let's take a step back. Let's get into uh, the game on Monday when Hayden Wesniski took the bump for the Cubs, his uh, second start of the spring. Well, that's the exciting thing, Dustin, you know, is, is we know generally who's going to be in what positions. But but the question is, Hayden Wesniski or Adrian Sampson for that fifth spot? You, I mean, we're very much saying that's Hayden's spot. I was saying we'll wait and see, but Hayden has done absolutely nothing to uh, to dissuade anybody from that, that he really kind of deserves that spot. So, I mean, you know, he, he did pretty good. You know, wasn't as good as his first start. Uh, he got in a little bit of a trouble, but I would say that, you know, the, when the when he came down to it, the Cubs got on the board first on Monday. Nico let off the game with a single. Trey struck out, but then Eric Hosmer hit a double to score Nico. That gave the Cubs a one nothing live. Uh, Patrick Wisdom struck out. Uh, Christopher Morell singled the skull Hosmer to uh, put the Cubs up to nothing. Um, but, you know, this time around, Hayden had a little bit of struggles, but that's okay. He gave up some hard contact in the first, including a double to Ty France and a single to Cole Calhoun in the second and in the third with one out Ty France singled on a little squibber that Hayden threw away. And then now you got into some errors, which we're trying to avoid. Right. So France gets to second um, on, on the throwing air. He gets the third on a throwing air from Tucker Barnhart on a pickoff attempt. So two errors end up with the guy at third and then a double by Cal Rayleigh makes it two nothing and Hayden stays over, but it was, it was generally good, you know? And so on the top of the seventh, Brendan Davis hit a ground rule double to right. PCA struck out, but then Edwin Rios tripled. I mean, that guy with his extra base hits have really been something. He has been really hitting the ball pretty well, those extra base hits, yeah. Yeah, and then as far as it goes, you know, it it was a short-lived lead because Cade Marlowe homered off Tyler Duffett to make it a 3-2 ball game. Big defensive play in the bottom of the eighth, though. Ben Brown's on the mound and one out. Kian Kwong doubled to left. The next batter is that Zach Taylor Loach single to Bradley Beasley, who threw out Wong at home. So that was a nice play to see that. And so in the top of the ninth, the Cubs are going to kind of get some runs to help really win it. Kevin Alcantara, you, you've seen him. We've talked about him. Johandrick Pinego, Brad Beasley, who made that great throw the previous inning, doubled to score Alcantara. And so all of a sudden you went from a close game to a 6-2 game. So as I talk about, Edwin Reels had tripled, Horner, Davis, Alcantara, and Beasley all doubled. But the pitching continues to shine. So Hayden, you know, for whatever happened, he didn't give up any earned runs in the 2.2 innings. There was the two errors, the one on the throw by Wesniski and the one on Barnhart. But five relievers followed Wesniski and only gave up one earned run. little sloppy on defense, three errors, two in the third inning. But, you know, in general, that's going to be really the story that we talk about is just every reliever that kind of comes in for the most part really does a good job of not giving up runs. Yeah, the pitching has been just so good so far. I mean, really, really good pitching, Crawley. It, it's it's uh, it, 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 
they my expectations keep going up and up as the games keep going on and on. You, and then that really speaks to the depth. You know what I mean? Like usually, depth, after, right. right. When you have just that first round of pitchers, those are usually the guys that are going to be on the major league roster. And then you always see a bunch of runs scored in the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth inning with guys that are probably not going to make the team. But with the Cubs, all those guys look just really solid. So unfortunately for Adrian Sampson, he didn't look solid. Uh, you know, in, in his first outing, he went 1.2 innings and gave up four hits, three of them home runs. This time out against the Rangers, Sampson went 2.2 innings, four hits, and an additional three home runs here. So you're looking at, what, six home runs, right, in 3.4 innings? Right. Yep. That, that's not going to handle it. But, again, just like in the previous game, you, you take a look and see Alzlai, K, Stout all look good. Cam Sanders, to me, I've, I've talked about this before, him and, uh, and you know, is looking like one of the best stories out of camp. I, I have no doubt this kid's going to be making up there. So – between the bullpen after Adrian Sampson left, they only gave up two hits and 5.1 innings of work, Dustin, two hits. It's pretty good. Cubs actually jumped out to a one nothing lead thanks to an Edwin Diaz home run, and in the first is second of the spring, and the Cubs were down 6-2. to two. But once Sampson emptied the game, the Cubs start scoring. The bullpen holds it down. Sergio had a big two-run du- RBI double, Sergio Alcantara. Luis Torres hit two home runs in the game for the Cubs, and they would go on to win this one 9-6. to six. Uh, once again, PCA had fans buzzing on the base pass end with his defense in the sixth inning. Jake Slaughter singled. PCA reached on a throwing error by Ezekiel Duran, and then he makes a diving spot stop as he rushed the throw with the speedy PCA running hard. And so Slaughter scored from first, and PCA made it all the way around third on a ball that never left the infield. How many times, Dustin, have we told these stories? Right. PCA on the bases is just so much fun to watch. I mean, the kid is absolutely electric and it will be uh, very interesting I, I i'm gonna really look forward to watching him playing in the minors because he is just something special i mean the one that everyone was talking about though in that game was in the bottom of the seventh he just made it unbelievable it was like a horizontal angled backhanded diving catch in the gap and it just it, it looked like he had no chance off the bat to catch it and there he was it, and that was amazing absolutely amazing yeah Unreal. So I was excited for my first game against Team Canada. You had two Cubs, uh, Jared Young and Owen Casey, who switched from their Cubby Blue uniforms to the red and white of Canada. Justin Seal started the game and wasn't as sharp as his previous start. Remember, that was the no-hitter. But uh, Team Canada jumped out to an early lead with uh, when Justin issued back-to-back walks to Freddie Freeman and Tyler O'Neill. So you knew that was trouble right away. And then Jared Young, who is, uh, like I said, who plays for the Cubs, ended up doubling off Justin Steele, and they scored two runs. The Cubs would tie it up in the second one. Edwin Rios and uh, would walk, and Tucker Barnhart hit his second home run of the spring. So that was good to see. In the third inning, Steele gave up a home run to Jacob Robinson to put Canada back in front three to two. After getting the next batter out, Steele's day was done. So he went 2.1, gave up two hits, three runs, two walks, and two Ks. He's replaced by uh, Keenan Thomas. But like I said, offense keeps working. The bullpen keeps being singy in the bottom of the third with two outs. Trey Mancini would walk and advance to second on a wild pitch and score on a Cody Bellinger single to tie the game at three. The back and forth is going to continue between the USA and Canada. Um, but once all of a sudden the Cubs kind of start getting into a lead that, you know, they, Canada ended up taking a four to three lead, but that's the last time they would as the Cubs would score eight more runs. Cody Bellinger hit a solo home run. Sergio Alcantara would pa- score on a pass ball. Nelson Maldonado with an RBI single scored on a wild pitch. Dom Nuez with an RBI triple. He would score on a wild pitch. And then Kevin Alcantara would hit a sack fly. So in the ninth, Ben Leeper gave up a three run homer, but the Cubs would go on to win 11 to seven. 
So for Canada, Jared Young was one for three with two with that two run double. If you're watching the uh, Cubs that are playing on that team, Owen Casey got to play. I got to talk to his parents out there. They were very nice. People. Oh, nice. Um, but Owen Casey went 0 for 4, but he was robbed by a hit by Ian Happ. But he threw out Edwin Rios, uh, Rios, who was attempting to score from first to third. So Cody Bellinger had a great game against Canada, 2 for 3 with a home run, um, two runs bad, uh, batted in. And then Tucker Barnhart was 1 for 2 with two bar RBIs, and Nelson Maldonado was 2 for 2. And then Michael Rucker, Mark Glider Jr., and Brandon Little all pitched scoreless innings. So that turned out good. So yeah, that was a, that was listen that was a good game. It just you know we just had some fun whether or not it should have counted as part of the winning streak. That's all. I'm always yeah. happy when they win. Well, Dustin, the winning streak looked like it was in serious jeopardy on Thursday. Um, you know, Jamison Tyone did not look good as the Reds scored three in the first. Kevin Newman continues to harass the Cubs. Remember, he he gave the Cubs fits when he was with the Pirates. Now he's on the Reds. So Newman, you know, gets a leadoff single, steals second. T.J. Friedel singles to put runners on the corners. Friedel steals second, and Newman scored on a throwing error on Jan Gomes. Tyone got the next two batters, but Luke Maley homered, and the Cubs were down 3 nothing before the Cubs even had an at-bat. In the second inning, Jason Bossler hit a solo bomb to put the Cubs up, to put the, I'm sorry, to put the Reds up 4 nothing. Jamison was able to pitch into the fourth without further damage, going 3.2 innings, giving up four hits, four runs, three Ks, two home runs. Not going to panic again, spring training. He'll get it down there. But the Cubs were down 5 nothing going into the sixth, and that's when they exploded for six runs. Hap singled, Mancini homered, Hosmer and Luis Torres singled before Patrick Wisdom, my guy. He's been on the podcast. <laughs> he knew I was at the game. He said, Crawley, this one's for you. He hits a three-run homer to tie the game at five. Chris Morrell made it back-to-back jacks to give the Cubs the lead, 6-5. Then Luis Torrens and Sergio, uh, would end up, uh, and, and Sergio Alcantara would drive in runs to make it 8-5. The Reds would score one in the ninth, but the Cubs would take this one 8-6. Hap was one for two. Trey Mancini was two for three with two RBIs. Luis Torrens was two for two with two runs and an RBI. Wisdom one for three with three RBIs. Once again, the bullpen with Fulmer, Wick, Hughes, and Duffy all pitched scoreless innings. Yeah, so very now cool. I was super excited for you, Crawley. I was super excited that you got such a uh, entertaining game um, in the Cubs coming back, hitting all those home runs. I was happy for you, buddy. Now, the only thing standing between the Cubs and a 10-game win streak was, of course, the Southsiders. Good crowd. I think it was a very fun crowd. Nobody was, you know, no fights. Or, like I said, you can't get angry about, you know, spring training games. But that was probably the biggest pitching duel that we've seen um, since when I was out there, obviously there wasn't right. a lot of runs scored in that game. So it was, you know, it was a fun game and, and, you know, I thought Drew Smiley had his best outing of the spring going four inning, giving up no runs, no strikeout. Uh, and you know, I'm sorry, two strikes, no walks. So I thought that was good offensively. Not a lot of the cut. Derek Hosmer had a good day, two, for two and driving in the first run of the game for the Cubs to give him really one the lead. The White Sox hit a pair of home runs in the fifth. Brian Ramos hit a run uh, blast off from Baruki to give uh, the Sox a 2-1 lead. In the eighth, Serbi Savalo would hit a solo home run off Kikin, who, remember, we talked about him in our interview coming up of when he was going to pitch again. He pitched, unfortunately, gave up the home run, and that would give the Sox a 3-1 lead. And then Yasmani Grandal doubled in a runoff. Albert Alzale to put the White Sox up 4-1. to one. But look at this, Dustin. The Cubs, the Cubs it, it's funny, when, when, when I was watching in spring training, I don't, they didn't care what inning it was or what was happening. They were always sitting there fighting for every single at bat. And that was the thing that I liked is they made a nine uh, inning, ninth inning rally. They came up a little bit short, you know, 
but but they they made it really close. I guess that would be that I would take a look at it. You know, you had uh, you know Murray struck out. To, you know, but you had Johan Piago a single, Don Nunez singled, Sergio Contra singled, so it made it a four to two game, and then Peralta singled on a ground ball to right field to make it four three. So you got the winning run. But unfortunately, Bradley Beasley grounded into a double play to end it. But you're talking about going all the way up to the last at bat to to uh, to be able to you know still be in it, right? Right. They weren't quitting, that's for sure. Crawley, let me ask you about the uh, the time of the games that you attended. What did you think of the pace of play? You know, different. We've been watching it, we've been listening to it on the score. But how was it in person? So, you know, you do notice it. And the game that I really noticed it was the game that I attended yesterday, the last game that I attended. Again, a victory versus the Dodgers and Hayden Wesniski, nasty as usual. I mean, I think that clinched him that fifth starter spot. But I think how many innings he go? Four or five innings of yep. no hit ball. But I think the whole game in general took barely over two hours. It was a fast one. Yeah. So, so. Wesniski in that game, uh, and the other thing, he struck out the side at one point getting Rojas, Muncie, and J.D. Martinez all going down swinging. He, is, he hasn't allowed an earned run through eight and two-thirds of spring training, 11 Ks, two walks. So pretty impressive. And the Cubs hit uh, three home runs in the fifth, so that was kind of fun, right? Yeah, absolutely. That that was We had a blast on that. So, I mean, yeah, Hayden had the, had the no-hitter going all the way into the fifth inning. It was James Altman who hits the home run. But, yeah, you had home runs going all over the place. Jan Gomes hit one, Mike Talkman hit one, and Chris Morell hit one. So, you know, the Cubs ended up scoring with the sack fly. And then L.A. tried to make a little noise in the bottom of the eighth, uh, make it four to two. But then Jake Slaughter home run. So there was a ton of home runs in that game. And it was the first time I've ever been to Camelback Ranch. How is so that park? I thought it was really kind of cool. It was. I, I, OK, so I'm, I'm a, you know, obviously I love Sloan Park, um, but it was really cool. It had like this beautiful little lake that kind of goes through everything. And, and there was a lot of player accessibility. So when you go to the Cubs backfields, right, and you take a look, it's kind of four fields that are right there. Um, you don't really kind of be able to interact with that there. There was like one time I have White Sox prospect warming up. I was like three feet from the guy watching him throw. Very so cool. that's very cool. And then as you walk the pathway to the ball game, there's all these giant baseballs that have players like, you know, obviously Jackie Robinson and, and Nellie Fox and all the great players for both teams out there. It was a cool stadium. I would say that, you know, I, I wouldn't mind going there again, but uh, it, it was a fun stadium. The food, meh. Okay. Drinks. Eh, okay. I would say it was an okay stadium, but, but again, fun to see the Cubs there. So I ended up, I ended up showing up there and I got to see four games in four days <laughs> And so the Cubs went three and one. And, so, and and like I said, all the games that I went to, a lot of them were really competitive. Um, the cool thing to kind of see when I was down there too, is that, you know, Billy Williams and he spent a lot of time talking to the players. So I could, could see it. I couldn't hear it, but it was fun uh, watching them kind of have a conversation. So I enjoyed that interaction that they had. And, and just a lot of the players were really good to the fans. Um, obviously Chris Morrell is just one of the best guys. There's no way you leave there without a Chris Morrell autograph unless he's running late, which I think happened one day. The one thing I will warn you about is the beer bats, okay? So they sell these bats in right field at the, at the Hornitos tent. They're $30. I think it's 30 ounces of beer, but uh, in that in that summer heat, that'll get you going. So uh, <laughs> not, not only that, they also sell the beer mar or the margarita bats. So you can get a beer bat or a margarita mat, uh, bat. I just didn't think I could do 30 ounces of a margarita. I think that's a little bit too sweet for my blood. Yeah. Um, I did talk to uh, Alex Cohen. He's been on the show. He's the broadcaster and he's done a couple games. 
I think, for the score and for Marquis. So he's been getting a little bit of prep out there. I got to our talk, or talk to our guy, uh, Ron Coomer. So Coomer was an absolute blast. You know, it was, it, you know, one of the guys that was really nice to kind of, I didn't know how he was going to be was PCA. I got to talk to him for a little bit. Um, and, 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 you know, it's weird because all of a sudden he's definitely the talk of the camp. You know, when you talk about him at Jeremiah Estrada and Cam Sandra, I think those are the three guys whose names that I think were most mentioned throughout that. Um, but we'll see what happens. I think there's a name that when I was on the backfield, a couple of people were buzzing about is a guy that used to be one of the Cubs top prospects, Miguel Amaya. And he is somebody that, I mean, we didn't have a chance to see him play. But I think that he is someone that a lot of the coaches believe is going to make a difference this season. So let's kind of cross our fingers and hope that he stays healthy because that's always been it with him. It's just been the injury bug. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You are listening to Season 2, Episode 18, Crawley with the Cubs in Mesa. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. And now Crawley and I got a chance to talk to Caleb Killian live from Sloan Park. Joining us now on the Fly the W podcast, we have Cubs pitcher Caleb Killian. Caleb, how are you doing today? Doing well. Well, the reason. So, Caleb, let's uh, go ahead, Crowley. Come on. No, I was going to say, Caleb, uh, so far, how's your spring training experience been? What have you gotten taken out of this camp so far? Uh, It's been awesome. Uh, This was actually my first big league spring training, so it's cool to be around all these guys and meeting new faces. Um, I feel like I know everyone now, but it's, it's been good. Nice. Caleb, let's uh, talk about your working with new guys, your first Cubs spring training, first full camp. Uh, Tommy Hadovy is a guy that we know very well. Talk about Tommy Hadovy, who uh, your skipper, David Ross, talks to him about as the best pitching coach in baseball. What's it like working with him? Oh, it's been awesome. He's been great. Easy guy to talk to. Um, easy. He does a good job at taking uh, the analytics, the data and stuff, and making it easy to understand and uh, helping me make mechanical changes. I've worked on a lot this offseason, um, and he just helped. helped uh, tell tell our listeners what pitches you do feature and what you've been working on this spring. Um, I throw a four-seam, a sinker, cutter, change-up, curveball. Nice. And have you been working on anything special? I know that, that sweeper slider has been the big talk of the, of the camp. You got that going on yet or no? Uh, it's a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> That's top now, secret right now. Okay, okay. We're not breaking any news here, but uh, question for you is that you were involved in a trade, obviously, when you talked about you and Alex Canario coming over 
and uh, in the Chris Bryant trade. Like, does, do you ever think about that when that trade went down? What was it like to kind of go through that and kind of be like, oh, my God, they're, they're trading like an MVP for me? I mean, it was crazy. Um, it was a little overwhelming, but it was a good opportunity. Um, yeah, I didn't really know what to expect of it when it happened at the time. But, I mean, uh, a lot of good has come from it. Absolutely. Can you and tell us I'm- about the uh, Can you tell us about the catchers, Tucker Barnhart, Jan Gomes, two guys? Is are you working with one more than the other? Do you get equal time with both? How does that uh, How does that break down? Um, I think I've had a new catcher every time. Um, Gomes caught me one time last year, uh, but like bullpens and stuff out here, it's kind of been switching up. Amaya has been catching me um, a few times though. Okay. Question for now. I remember I was at your debut. I think it was the second half of a doubleheader against the Cardinals. What was that like for you to come? Was that your first time ever at Wrigley Field? Yeah, first time. It was. It was awesome. And so you go into the clubhouse, and that is a clubhouse that is like no other clubhouse. What was it like for you when you came out of that bullpen gate and, and forty thousand were screaming for you, Cubs Cardinals? <laughs> it was a sweet game to be at. The being at Wrigley for the first time ever, playing the Cardinals. Um, you can't ask for anything better than that. But, yeah, I got there for a doubleheader. I had the second game. So the first game I got to just hang out in the dugout, in the clubhouse, and just uh, kind of take it all in. Speaking so- of taking it all in, what's it like out there? Uh, you got a bunch of crazy people out there like Crawley. Um, it, it's got to be amazing to see the crowds that you guys are getting out there, bigger than most teams get at regular season games. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I think we broke like two records this year already, right? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, the weekends get crazy packed. Even right now, there's got there's good fans out there. Um, yeah, it's really cool. I've never been out for big league spring training, so it's it's cool to, to see a packed stadium. Now, how long have you been out in Mesa? I know some guys came down a little bit earlier. How long have you been there? Uh, I got here like the first week of February. First week, wow. week of February. Like February yeah. 6th or something like that, yeah. And did you make CubsCon? I'm trying to remember. You were at CubsCon, correct? Yeah, I was there. So what was that like for you to see a fan base that rabid in the middle of January going nuts? <laughs> it got me excited for the season, that's for sure. Um, yeah, it was, it was a good welcome. So now, speaking of this season, you guys are playing under a new set of rules. Um, everybody, and I'm sure you've answered this to other people, but we, we've got to know, you, you know some of the good things about the rules, some of the bad things about the rules. Um, do you see yourself glancing over at the pitch clock what, what take us through that and how Tommy Hadavi and how the catchers and how David Ross have kind of implemented that in camp and how you felt dealing with the new rules so far um yeah I dealt with them a lot last year being in AAA for a lot of the time um so I kind of got an idea of how it works um I do think you might might need to clean it up a little bit like there's been some times where this the clock hasn't been quite at zero but I guess the umpire got buzzed, so they, they get a ball, um, or like you step on, step off real quick to reset it, and the umpire misses it. So it's kind of something we're gonna have to work on. Um, but something I'm used to trying to make it uh, an advantage on my part instead of the hitters. Is it an yeah. advantage? Do you think it's an advantage for the pitcher or the hitter? Um, <laughs> it could be either. Um, it is nice. Like I was always taught when I was like growing up playing to step off, take a breath, slow the game down when things get tough. So it's a little different, but I'm trying to turn it into my advantage. So getting a good tempo going, making the batter step in there. It, I mean, it could go either way, really. 
Now, we saw you play one spring training game, but it's been about a little bit over a week. Are you planning on getting any starts anytime in the near future or at least uh, getting into a game? I mean, I kind of find out. I'll find out eventually. I, I'm pitching tomorrow. I got like 7th, 8th, 9th. So still going to have my starter routine, but going to come in later. Smiley's starting. Um, and then, yeah, see where it goes from there. I don't really know yet. Now, so speaking of tomorrow, you're playing the White Sox. Is there any extra? You said there's a lot more people. Camp's getting crowded. Do you feel it, or is it just another game, or do you try to separate that? Do you get up for the White Sox? Do you know that everybody out there, everybody back here in Chicago, the game's going to be on the score tomorrow, so radio's got it, marquee's got it, the place is going to be packed. Any heightened expectations or any extra juices when you're playing the White Sox? Um, I mean, it's just another game. I'm going to treat it just like any other game out there um, and go do what I can do. But yeah, it's awesome having fans again. It gets the adrenaline pump in, gets you, gets you locked in, going harder. So it's, it's always great to have good fans out there. Now, Caleb, I mean, obviously fans were interested in you when you were traded over to the Cubs, but it kind of got kicked up a notch. You had an AFL, was it the, I forget what game, was it the championship game where mm -hmm. you went six innings, six perfect innings. How did that change as far as, as kind of like were people kind of reaching out to you? Did you know what was going on when you had that perfect game going? <laughs> when I was pitching it? Yeah. I mean, I, I realized I hadn't gotten out of the windup yet, so <laughs> that was pretty nice. It's always You got a tempo going, you got your rhythm. It's just like you step on, you're pitching. So you're not thinking about a whole lot, just hitting the mitt. And, yeah, at the end of it, found out it was sick perfect. It was pretty cool. Absolutely. And so – as far as you're out here, you're out here in Mesa, and you're seeing what I'm seeing. Are there any guys that you kind of sit there and watch and say to yourself, oh, my God, some of these guys. We're talking about defenders. Dansby Swanson, PCA making some catches. Uh, Nico Horner at second. As a pitcher, how comfortable are you with this defense that the Cubs have? Oh, I'm loving it. I think we're going to be great. I'm pumped for it already. <laughs> And so you're now you talked about we talked about some of the new rules. We talked about some of the new rules, and you dealt with them in the minor leagues. Have guys come to you at all? Are you kind of uh, the expert then because you dealt with it so much at the minor league level? Uh, the expert, I wouldn't say that, but it is something I yeah I did a lot of uh, spent a lot of time doing it last year with the pickoffs and I mean all the rule changes. I didn't think they would actually make it to the MLB, but um, I've got a whole year of practice with it, so. Um, I kind of got an idea of how it works. All right, how about the communication? We have the communication now with you and the catcher, right? You guys can communicate over the headset. Now, some guys are experimenting where the pitchers are now calling their own games. Have you gotten? Have you guys worked on that on the side? Is that something that you're interested in doing? Is that something that David Ross and Tommy Hotovy want you guys experimenting with? Um, I think you mentioned it this week. Um, they brought it up, so I those guys that want to do it, they'll start practicing with it. Um, I have seen it on TV. It's pretty cool. It's like Scherzer struck out a guy in 28 seconds or something. Right. Like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he knows exactly what he wants to throw. I think that's great. Um, but even, yeah, if the catcher's doing it, it's just good. you got got to be on the same page. Probably have a good game plan going into the game so that you don't have to shake five times or whatever because you don't have enough time to do that. Now, I, you know, obviously spring training, no one looks at the record. I mean, you know. But it has been a lot of fun out here. I know, what, we had seven-game win streak? And I don't know, Caleb, if you're aware, the Cubs have come back after you guys were down. They have now taken the lead in this game against the Reds. Does everybody kind of feel like a certain confidence or a certain swagger about this team? I think so, yeah. Everyone's excited. I, we look really good. Um, 
cool. I, I didn't know we took the lead. I, I just came back in here a little bit ago, but <laughs> we got a good team. Patrick Wisdom, home run, two-run homer. Christopher Morrell, homer. Oh, you guys, you, you guys are taking the lead. So it's been absolutely, okay. for, for Cub fans, we've had a blast watching you guys. And there's just a completely different vibe going on that we, you know, I think there's a lot of confidence that, that this year team, you know, may come surprise some people. We saw yeah. the 70-77 win projection. That seems low to me. I'm hitting the over. Me too. Yeah. I mean, I would, I came in late to a game the other day because I was doing some – I had a bullpen or like the sim game, so I didn't make it to the first inning. But I came in there, and the energy was just—it was crazy. It was, everyone was pumped. Everyone was locked in. It was—it was a good team to be a part of. Caleb, last last one for me. I'm curious. You had mentioned earlier in this interview talking about tomorrow you're going to come in in the seventh, eighth, and ninth. You're going to be um, coming in as, as a, a bullpen guy per se, but you're a starting pitcher. How much different is that? How much different is it going through your typical prep? To go into the game fresh, meaning from the start of the the start of the game, versus coming in seven, eight, nine. Does it matter? Are you one of these guys that can just take the ball whenever David Ross or Tommy say, "Hey, Caleb, here's the ball. Go get somebody out." Or do you have to go through a routine? Yeah, I mean, I got to start a routine, of course, that I go through, and I'll be able to do that tomorrow because we have the backfields and everything. So I can just do that and walk over, which is fortunate. But yeah, if I get, I mean, anytime someone's giving the ball, I'm gonna go out there and compete my hardest. Last question for me here really quick is that I know that um, from listening to Jamison Tyone's uh, introductory press conference, he talked about wanting to help the young pitchers. Has anyone really kind of sat down and have you kind of been able to talk to some of the veterans and kind of pick their brains? Uh, yeah, I have. Um, a lot of the guys, actually, they're really, they've been really helpful. Just talking to like Hendricks or Steele. I mean, they have good advice. They've done it for a while. So, I mean, just having conversations with those guys about certain things, certain pitch grips or just mental, the mental aspect. It's been really cool. Well, Caleb, we appreciate you jumping on here and taking a few minutes with us. And, and here's the thing, man, is that I, I sit there and I see the players and how they interact with the fans here at Mesa. And you're one of the good guys out here and we're wishing you nothing but the best this season. And again, when you come back up, I'll be back out there to see you throw. All right. Thank you guys. Thank you, Caleb eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is season two, episode 18. Crawley with the Cubs in Mesa. And sadly for Crawley, he's got to come back home to Chicago where it's about 30 degrees and uh, a little wet on the ground. So uh, looking forward, Crawley, to the uh, week ahead. Um, 
they'll have a bunch of games that we'll get to talk about. They have also had some uh, guys reassigned, if you will. So guys that we've really enjoyed looking at and talking about. PCA at the top of that list. He is no longer in the big league camp. Right. So the Cubs have Siri. Uh, they're playing Milwaukee today. They got Colorado, Cincinnati, Arizona. They got a split squad, LA versus and the White Sox, and then San Francisco and San Diego this week. But if you're looking at the calendar, Dustin, you're talking about two more weeks of spring training baseball before we start getting to opening day. Um, so as we're kind of taking a look at this, um, I'm, I'm looking at this right here and yeah, they're having to make cuts. So you have to go down. So the Cubs this year, it was really, really, really bizarre. They had a lot of players in their big league camp. So when you do your big league camp, everybody on the 40 man roster is part of big league camp. Even guys that, you know, are not going to play. So Kevin Alcantara, they protected him from being a rule five pick. He was never going to break with the team, but you protect him. So all those guys were in the big league camp. But they also they had a total, Dustin, of 72 players in the wow. big league camp, which is a lot more than normal, I would say, personally. Um, so the Cubs originally in the week reassigned eight players to minor league camp. That was Darius Hill, who is a guy that I really like and I think just does a great job hitting. Braylon Marquez, Jonathan Peralta, Esteban Kairos, who I don't know if he's going to make the team, Chafe Strump, Andy Weber, Bryce Windham's a catcher, uh, Jared Young. So... Again, you have the 40-man roster of those guys, then you have the non-roster invite. And so when you when you go to Sloan Park, Fields 1 and 2 is where you're going to see that would have been the whatever, 72 players out there. So they are separated from some of the younger minor leaguers that really don't have a chance and were not protected in that Rule 5 draft. So all the stars on the team are working on Fields 1 and 2. You got all the big kind of the major league coaches, hitting instructors, all the, all the best are right there. Not the, not the best. I don't want to say the best because that's – that's doing the other coaches a disservice, but the guys that they're going to be working most with are the ones that are on fields uh, one and two. So, like I said, you have your 40 man roster and the Cubs invited 32 players into the camp. Uh, Mike Talkman is a guy that has been getting a lot of playing time and uh, you know, some of your top prospects like PCA. So when they made the cuts earlier in the week, it brought that number down from 72 to 66. Okay. And so additional cuts were made. I think it was Friday where the cuts were made. Um, and, and those were kind of some of the bigger names that you're talking about. Now, Alexander Canario, I think if Alexander Canario uh, hadn't gotten injured, he may have been one of the big talks of the camp. He actually had more home runs than Matt Mervis did um, in the minor leagues last year. Uh, but Brennan Davis was option to triple A. So one thing to keep in mind, and this is just nothing but procedural stuff, is if you are on the 40-man roster, then procedurally you have to go to a minor league team. So they're figuring that Alex, Dander, Canario, and Brennan Davis, they're optioned them to AAA Iowa. Okay, um, and, and so that's the thing that you're kind of taking a look at. It. So Ben Brown, uh, he's a pitcher. We've had him on the show. He's been absolutely great. It was great having him on. Uh, he was optioned. Uh, Ryan Jensen and Miguel Amaya were all optioned. And PCA, Correa, Holloway, and Leaper – None of them were on the 40-man roster, so they were just reassigned to minor league camp. But it doesn't really matter because all of those guys are all going to the same place. All of those guys are going to be in the backfield. So um, the Cubs have decisions to make. They have, you know, they have a lot of a lot of little time to kind of decide who they want. So this is the kind of time in spring training when you're kind of taking a look that a lot of the players are going to start. You're going to start seeing the regulars getting more at bats, going deeper in game, trying to get into rhythm. 
before they break to Chicago. And then once we kind of get to the end of spring training, that's where we're going to find out where most of these guys are going to be playing their minor league ball, those that don't break with the big league roster. But, you know, I, I think it's, it's probably safe to say that Wesneski takes that fifth starters job. I think, you know, with right field, that's still a question. I still think they like Talkman, but we'll, we'll see what they do with Trey Mancini. I think Trey Mancini's had an absolutely phenomenal camp. You Speaking of number. Trey Mancini, Crowley, he had a great interview with uh, the Mully and Haw show this past Friday before the game. So uh, something that uh, maybe you want to dial up on your uh, podcast as you're flying home today. Really, really great guy. Yeah, you can get you can get that on the Odyssey app, but he, he's hitting 333. So he's kind of a good story that's broken out of camp. But those are the guys like Esteban Kairos. I don't know what's going to happen with him. The Cubs are starting to run into a very good problem where they have more and more good players and you can't keep them all. You know what I mean? All right. Let and, me ask you this, Crowley. Let me let me run these. Let me run a couple names past you, and I want to see how many of these guys you think make the team when it breaks. Okay, Edwin Rios, Nick Madrigal, Christopher Morrell, Zach McKinstry. Four guys. Probably two of the four stick. Who are the two? I do not think Edwin Rios sticks. He has a minor league option still, and I believe Zach McKinstry does not. Okay. So if Zach, that Zach keeps McKin- McKinstry here, then. Yep. Yeah, and so I think that would be it. And and what were the other two that you gave me? Morel and Madrigal. I think I, it, that one's a tough one. I think with Morel and his ability to play all the fields, he's more valuable. But I just, I really kind of wonder if if they just want to get him every day at bats. I, I mean, both of those guys are in a bad situation where they're kind of in a little bit of a log jam, you know? And, yep. and you see that a lot with teams as they start to get more talent, like the Dodgers. They have a lot of guys that just don't get playing time because who are you displacing, right? And so I think third base is the spot that you're just going to take a look and see what they're going to do with Patrick Wisdom, Christopher Morrell, um, you know, and McKinstry can play third. That That's the position where I think you're going to see the most rotation. And so, it, you know, the you know the, just a few bullpen spots and a few, few infield spots, I really think that is. And I think that with Saya getting injured, that really kind of threw things off. I think if Saya hadn't got injured, I think Chris Morrell's 100% a lock. I think that he's the fact that he is injured and we don't know how long might mean that you might see more Mike Talkman in right field, but I'm not sure. All right, Crowley, have a safe uh, trip back to Chicago, Season 2, Episode 18. Crowley with the Cubs in Mesa for a few more minutes anyway, maybe a few more hours. Uh, Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. Crowley, that's a wrap. Again, safe travels, and we will talk again early next week. Dustin, I want to say thank you to all of our listeners who came up and said hello and had a lot of fun talking with them at the Club 400 tent. Even though I'm gone, the pizza at and the and the Club 400 beer is still going to be going. The Salsa King with the nachos and the chip are going to still be going, and a lot of good people. So, hey, stop on by. Just enjoy it. And, let, and you know what? I like watching the Cubs win and play that W more than lose. So let's keep it going, even if it don't count. And go Cubs! It's all over.